Hello, I'm Michael Heyman, and you're listening to Changemakers. Now, living a life that is happy, not perfect, is the mission of my guest today, Poppy Jamie. That means finding ways of helping you feel good from the inside out. And in this stressed out age, this could well be the key to a life well lived for your body and soul. So to tell us more, it's a pleasure to welcome an entrepreneur, broadcaster, and soon to be author, the perfect guest for a very happy edition of Changemakers. Poppy, welcome to the show. And I have to tell you, I've been looking forward to interviewing a guest that can begin by saying, I had a dream because your dream brand, uh, Happy Not Perfect, came to you as you woke up one day, I understand. Pick up the story for us. Yeah, that's exactly, that's so funny. Um, it's far less impressive than the original I Have a Dream. Um, but, but anyway, I did. I um, I woke up, it was 3 a.m. and it was the 15th of January, 2015. And I just remember waking up in the middle of the night with these three words, happy, not perfect. And it was just, I didn't really know what they were, what it was. I just remember being so kind of um, feeling so vibrant and just feeling so activated by it. And I'm one of those people that as soon as I have an idea, I have to do something about it. And I've always kind of been like that. So at 3am, I thought, well, I've got to go see if I can buy the domain name like every normal person would do. And so I woke up the next morning with this GoDaddy receipt of www.happynotperfect.com having been bought in the middle of the night. And I remember going, what? I, I did that. And it wasn't until about uh, eight months later did I realize what Happy Not Perfect really meant and what it meant to me and what I had to do with these words. And I just remember thinking that it was everything I wasn't in the sense that I was chasing perfection, thinking that happiness existed there. And actually, that was kind of the route to my destruction. I mean, I mean, just unpack that for us because you know some people would sit there going, "Well, happy, perfect, aren't, aren't they the same things?" And clearly, they're not. But but tell us why. I mean, I think that it's actually not really our fault for equating happiness and perfection um, often um, in the same place because you know we've all been so conditioned and we've learned from such a young age that well, you know little Adam over there he's perfect and you know Adam gets gold stars and we're kind of seven or eight learning that kind of perfect equals getting rewards and so we then equate that to happy and then we look at the media around us and we think oh success equals happy and so I think it's a very natural connection for for us to make and then I think that I just have always been quite an extreme person just in all aspects of my life I guess so it was just I kind of very much cottoned onto this idea well I just have to be better and I think that came from you know I think all humans have you know insecurity of whether they're enough whether they're loved whether they're safe and I think that my anecdote to am I enough was well if I'm perfect then maybe I'll be happier and then I'll have no problems and then I'll be enough for everyone and everything and I'll feel great and then obviously life doesn't really work like that and yeah, it doesn't work like that I mean you know and actually having read some of your thoughts on this I mean I've obviously happiness is a feeling and you know and and and, it, and you know that life is is good and and you smile and you know, the, the thing that I feel about perfection is it's a sense of absolute completion that actually mm. that's it. And I just was wondering is that, you know, is there something about happiness as a journey and, and, and perfection is the ultimately unachievable destination? 
Yeah, I always said, you know, I was running after the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and I just never quite got there like you never can. And um, and that has been the greatest, I suppose, shift for me in my work in mental health over the last five years, which is, you know, suddenly kind of, I suppose you have those aha moments on the most simplest of things. And I think that being we are always just in constant change and constant growth mode that is human life like we never arrive and I think having an acceptance of that was the thing that finally I was like ah that is what happiness is I guess is that the acceptance of journeying I mean, I can't think of a better person to own um, or have started a business called Happy Not Perfect because every time I've met you, I always, I do come away genuinely feeling more joyful from the discussions. And I mean, and you've created a business, an app, a highly successful podcast of your own, Not Perfect, where you've been looking at, I guess, how you can take control of that happiness, how you can work it out, how you can practice it. In terms of starting to unpack what people can do to get that feeling of joy, that feeling of, of settlement um, in, in yourself. What, what are the sort of things that, were, if you were advising someone who sat listening to this podcast thinking, I wouldn't even know where to start, what, what are the things that you do to start the journey to happiness? Well, I think that Plato had it right ages ago when you know, the ancient Greeks used to say, know thyself, know thyself, know thyself. And I just don't think that any of us can even begin to, I don't know, like, try and do things if we don't know who we are to begin with. Because one thing that I think I've discovered in the interviews I've done and the research I've done is often, I think we blindly jump on trains, and we don't actually want to go to the destination that we've put ourselves on. And so I think rather than doing something, I actually think it's doing less and actually it's going inside rather than outside. And again, that was a bit of a transformation for me because I used to think, well, it's about attaining stuff. It's about accumulating. Like when I've done this, when I've done that, when I've, you know, got that nod here or some validation there. And actually the process of actually understanding my unique self and your unique tastes I think is it kind of gives you a, almost a shortcut to a happier life. Mm. I mean, it's interesting, but Plato, he, he talks about that one of the issues for people is they didn't think hard enough, that thinking harder was a key to actually, and I wonder whether that this is a modern manifestation of that, that actually you've got to think hard about the things that make you happy. Yeah, and also they change. And that's kind of been quite a, a kind of, I suppose, again, like, I feel like I'm saying the sky is blue, like this, they're so, they're so simple. But, you know, again, I just having that understanding that actually what made me happy last year is not making me happy anymore this year. And actually consistently just checking in with ourselves to be like, okay, really, our day is just an allocation of time. So, if one year actually exceeding in work, it will make you happy, then prioritizing that is going to be, you know, it's going to align with your value system and then your expectations and outcome, which is really the equation of happiness that I believe William James came up with. And and, and then the next year actually go, you know what, I haven't been in a relationship for six years that would probably make me happy, like nurturing my personal life. And you suddenly go, okay, well, I need to, how, what do I need to change to be able to nurture that? And being in a constant, like shifting, flexible mindset, I think is 
really a route I found personally anyway to uh, feeling happier. You've started to, obviously, you're building a business with Happy Not Perfect. You've launched an app where you've got things like workouts, um, things where you can actually take control. I mean, thinking about people that, that have inspired you, um, I was reading that, that your mum is, is a psychotherapist and, and a scientist and that she had been um, very important in terms of um, the, the, the inspirations behind that. What, what, what does the science help you with, I guess, in terms of in terms of method, in terms of things that you can do, which are almost like working out your body, in, but instead working out your mind? What I was really fascinated by, um, so I um, suffered pretty chronic burnout and exhaustion in um, 2016. And um, and that was really kind of the start of me going, okay, I really need to look deeper into the mind and body to look at wellness in much more of a thorough way for my own health. Um, but also I was a TV um, presenter at the time, and I used to get hundreds of messages. Um, and I suddenly thought, well, this also needs to be information that is far more democratic than it is now. Because what I couldn't get over, especially I lived in America for the last kind of six, seven years, and I've just moved back. But in America, there was there's much more of a kind of a, a, a culture of therapy and people really, um, you know, they go to their therapist. And I think it's so brilliant. I recommend a therapist to absolutely everyone. I, it's essentially a coach for life. Um, but, um, it is really expensive finding the time to do it. There's just so many things about therapy that is deeply inaccessible. And obviously having a mother who's a psychotherapist, I, I was really privileged and lucky to be able to have this resource. When I was having kind of a meltdown, she would be able to kind of pick me up and be like, right, Poppy, have you gone for a walk? what are you eating? Have you gone to sleep recently? Um, let's work through this. And I suddenly thought, well, what and what do you do when you don't have someone to remind you of these basics? Because the it's, it's funny, we remember to do the difficult things in life, but we forget to do the basics. And actually, the basics are what are our, is really the foundation for health, happiness, and, you know, stronger relationships. Um, because the relationships, the first thing that that I think, kind of suffer when when your mental health and your well-being is is compromised and so that's when I started working with neuroscientists at UCLA and mindfulness experts and tracking down all people around the world to really look into what can we all be doing and so um, I built the happiness workout which is now on the happy not perfect app and what I realized too is that we are time strapped in the sense that you know I, the whole um, transcendental meditation movement was, you know, rapidly um, expanding. But I'm going, are you serious? Like, to have 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, like, that all seems lovely. But do you really have time to do that, especially if you've got, you know, any sort of children, or you've got kind of a job that is unpredictable, finding those 20 minutes, and maybe, you know, the answer to that is, well, you don't prioritize your, yourself enough. But in reality, we are, we do have enormous amount of things on our to do lists. So I thought, well, what can we all be doing that takes less than five minutes that helps us check in with ourselves, that helps us calm our stress response. And that really, boiled down to these seven very quick points which um and I'll just pick out a couple of them which are really important like belly breathing I know a lot of people talk about belly breathing but the reason why it is just 
so unbelievable. It's free. We can all do it. Is nine out of 10 people breathe into their chests. And so we are mostly chest breathing our entire time. We're mostly in our fight and flight mode, which is um, when our sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive. And when that happens, our blood moves out of our stomach. It means our digestion gets um, gets slower. Um, obviously, kind of, you know, heart rate rising. And, um, our, you know, that's when we kind of feel stressed and, um, and, has, and our immune system gets compromised and we're more vulnerable to getting sick as soon as you start introducing the belly breath so very quickly tell us how do you how do you belly breathe <laughs> okay so i invite you to relax your shoulders down first and then unclench your jaw which is such a uh it, it's amazing just that tiny little movement you suddenly go oh god that was quite clenched and then on our inhale i want you to focus inhaling into the belly and as you inhale into the belly the belly should expand as if a balloon is expanding inside. And let's hold it for a minute. Inhale some more if you can. <sighs> Inhale, keep that belly full. And now exhale. <sighs> and slowly and consciously allow that belly to move towards the spine as you squeeze the air out. And let's go again. Let's inhale into our belly. Let's feel our ribs, our lungs expand, the bottom of our belly expand as much as we can. We almost look like we're pregnant. And exhale, slowly, consciously, and squeeze that belly, all the air out as the air leaves you, and then gently relax your shoulders and continue to breathe normally. Oh, I love that. Apart from the mental image of me being pregnant, that was the <laughs> only the only thing. I mean, that that's wonderful. I mean, that so so this is what the app is all is all about. Now I want to um move on to the podcast because not perfect is an extraordinary journey of interviews and inspirations. What have you learned from it? What have been your key takeaways, your your key inspirations? So the podcast is probably the most enjoyable thing I've ever done in my entire life. I, I have just, I love it. I get to talk to the people that I'm just dying to talk to and they are all um, they're all great thinkers. That's really kind of, I suppose, what marries all of them. And so they're experts in wellness in very many different ways. And so I've had, um, I mean, for example, the woman I just had on um, was an expert in Tantra, but like breaking down the myths around what Tantra is, because we have these kind of, you know, oh, it must be some these crazy positions and you know and and actually it really just is very much around breathing and like and actually connecting with yourself far more and building intimacy with yourself but we've had oh I had Gellon Tubton who was my first guest who um is an amazing people may know him he's an amazing author a monk uh again just breaking down happiness and mindfulness um but in a way it's like super easy to understand um we had Dr Christian Northrup who uh is just one of my heroes Heroes. She wrote this infamous book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And um, 20 years ago, she was breaking down. And I mean, it was pretty, um, I would say, radical 20 years ago to be saying, stop giving people medications the first thing. We need to look at healthcare in a much more holistic way body, mind, soul. Like, we need to see the human body as a whole. And she wrote this incredible book around how your thoughts affect your 
you know, how every bodily function works. Um, And she was like deeply inspiring um, to, um, and this week, for example, we've just had a a neuroscientist who wrote a book on how we need to create more playtime for numerous health benefits. But again, we've lived in such a culture that's prioritized work and, and work should be painful and we should work so hard that we crush ourselves and we should have this feeling of satisfaction. And actually the science suggests the complete opposite. When we prioritize playtime, actually like oxytocin and dopamine and all these different uh, chemicals flood our brains. We're far more creative. We're thinking outside the box and we are able to come up to solutions to our problems. I mean, I I have to say, I mean, it's interesting when when you go through it like that, because I always think, when you have the privilege of of sitting in the interviewer's chair is that you are getting so many life experiences of people's own journeys. And I think it's so important to, to, to actually understand how they are affecting you, actually, in terms of your own worldview, your own experiences, because, you know, you're, you're not just there to to ask the questions. I, I think you're I think the answers are so thrilling in terms of actually how they help your own onward journey I don't know whether you'd whether you'd empathize with that but um that's certainly how I feel when I interview I, I this is yeah definitely and and the, and the people now we've got you know this community of listeners and I honestly feel like we're all in this journey together because I'm learning so much every time you know I interview someone and it is it's for me because of the subjects as well they're deeply healing like we're really talking about very soul orientated topics which is kind of my favorite of like so it's been this kind of healing for the human soul and and you're going to turn that into a book where you're going to look at how you upgrade your mind challenge your thoughts and free yourself from anxiety now in so doing I was very interested to see um in your lockdown list that um uh, we both share um, a very, very much a favourite author in, in Mitch Album, um, in, in who wrote the Five People You Meet um, in Heaven, which was the 2003 novel, had a big effect on you. Just a very quick summary of his big five lessons from those five people: were that everything happens for a reason, sacrifices are a part of life, the importance of releasing anger and granting forgiveness, the power of love, and there's always a purpose for your life. Yeah, such a beautiful book. How are you using that? Do you think? I mean, is, is that what is? Does, did that help you? Do you think in terms of some of your journey? So I read this book. I must have been maybe seventeen, sixteen when I first read it, and it completely changed my life then. And I am just a huge believer that there is no such thing as a coincidence in life they are coordinated instances and you know if you look at nature there's you know it's it's no surprise that a butterfly is that certain color because it helps it camouflage and it keeps it that butterfly safe like everything that happens has a reason to it and so why should our lives be no different to that and i and i have had the most extraordinary decade of living in you know across three cities and having set up two companies and just met the most incredibly amazing interesting people um and it i i think those lessons of kind of um Every single person, for example, I got my first break in television is because um, I I chatted to a a woman I met on the train when I was 19. I was going down to stay with a friend in Devon, got 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 chatting. This girl happened to live in L.A. and worked at MTV. And, you know, five months later, I had gone to L.A. and she gave me my first job. And that was just from talking to someone on a train. Do you believe in serendipity then? Hugely. Right. 
Yeah. And I think, but you know, I actually interviewed uh, an amazing man called Adam Robinson, and he is the founder of the Princeton Review. And he talks about kind of, you know, how to create more magic in your life. But, you know, it's great, that wonderful Roald Dahl quote, people only see magic if they're looking for it. I mean, I've completely butchered that quote, but the whole point of it, <laughs> poor Roald Dahl, I'm really sorry. But the whole point of it is, it, it is so much about your mindset. If you kind of walk out the door going, well, I can't wait for all the amazing things to happen today. You are training a confirmation bias. Like it, it is, you can look at the neuroscience to it. You've got to train your brain what to look out for. And that's why gratitude, writing gratitude diaries works because what you're doing by doing that activity is you're telling your subconscious brain things that I'm grateful for for is relevant information and it's a bit like when you buy a red car suddenly you notice more red cars on the road you've got to train your brain to the biases that you want to notice in the world so that mindset of oh my god what serendipitous event is going to happen today and don't get me wrong I have like met people going oh my god I've met them for a reason this and I've arrived in terrible situations through just absolute like deluded optimism but in a way I'm like it was a great deluded optimism I love it (laughs) so let's talk talk about these I guess these these theories these ideas these feelings um in the context of of 2020 about whether this is a a happy year for for the planet I mean in in 2016 you gave a superb TEDx talk called addicted to likes where you spoke about some of the dangers of of social media 2020 is the year where i guess we've become digitally connected in completely different ways than perhaps we might have expected in terms of this extraordinary year of pandemic and and change from your perspective as someone committed to fostering happiness what are you making of it I think that this year has been the obviously deeply challenging for all of us in many different ways and you know it is but I think with every challenge there is a tremendous opportunity for us to have had this pause to reflect for the first time maybe in forever what we liked about you know what we were doing before and what we didn't like and you know there's been more people I've spoken to than not that have actually found quite a lot of positives in the situation and they've said actually I'm more productive when I'm at home or actually I really like going to the office because I like being with people and suddenly they go, ah, that's what I need to be happy actually. I know I need to be with people. I think there's been a lot of self-discovery from discussing what we've liked or disliked about this time. You know, for me, I like, you know, I was privileged. I was able to kind of, it's not like, you know, I had, you know, small children and, you know, and we weren't allowed outside. I, though I know there were situations where, you know, the deeply stressful for people. I kind of, for the first time, I went to go live with my parents who I haven't lived with since I was 13. So I've just turned 30. So like 17 years. Um, did you, did you very quickly regress to being a 13 year old again, or, or did you maintain your 30 year old independence? I think there was a lot of, you know, 
who do you think is going to put this in the dishwasher? And, uh, <laughs> you know, plates don't have legs, Poppy. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a cracker. I have to remember that one. <laughs> so um, that was a, um, so, but, you know, for, I, I wrote a book actually throughout lockdown and um, it was this actually incredibly therapeutic time. Um, but look, I think we're in this process of, I think we're in this change for a long time. I don't think uh, it's going away anytime soon. And I think this is a great lesson, certainly for me anyway, in just the process of acceptance because and surrendering because we can get annoyed and we can get frustrated and we're like, God, like this can't happen, this can't happen. And I think I've kind of learned the hard way, especially like being, having founded two early startups, like that kind of element of like learning to surrender, like I really learned the hard way. I just wouldn't accept anything and I would fight to the bitter end and I would just cause myself a lot of pain through it. I think that learning trend is so interesting because it's, it, it it strikes me that for a lot of people, it, it's almost, or I, and I certainly see aspects of this in, in myself, is it's almost like if you hold your breath for long enough, mm. um, by the time you come back out for air, everything will be back to the way it was. And of course, you know, learning to live with such, you know, seismic change is is a new skill and a new craft for, for a great many of us. Um, you described your new normal as spending a lot of time in nature and, and, and you love it. I mean, is, is that, tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, what, what I find fascinating is that um, actually, and the NHS have this on their website, so, um, and, and, the, and the research is amazing to support this, but 20 minutes of exercise a day um, is the equivalent to a low-grade antidepressant. And I just think to myself, God, that is, it just shows you the impact of like getting outside for 20 minutes a day and and the effect that can have on our mental and physical health. So I have hated running f- since forever. I think I've had a very traumatic experience at school being forced to like do a bleep test. Those awful things that just used to be like bleep, 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 whatever. And I just was like, I hate running. And then obviously every gym closed down. I suddenly thought, oh God, what, you know, I, I've got to try and find another way to enjoy exercise. So I, um, so I got into kind of just doing this 20 minute run every day and it was just transformational and it you know it was a time to explore new areas and just be outside and I and I was in just outside Warwick I was in Warwickshire where my parents live and I just and my life before lockdown I was on an aeroplane every single week maybe twice a week I'd go around America do all these talks on happiness and workshops and flying in between LA and New York and London like three times a month it was so exhausting I was I was, you know, the irony is that I was talking about mental health and honestly, if I'm being honest, probably didn't have that great mental health myself and just suddenly going, oh, wow, 20 minutes in nature, it just fixes everything. And especially when you're in a household and everyone's a bit stressed and like you suddenly go, I'm just going to go on my 20 minute walk or 20 minute run. And you could have come back and you've just, you know, completely changed your energy. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just been world changing. Born to run. Poppy Jamie, uh, thank you very much to you. My very inspirational guest, a multi-talented entrepreneur who is making the eternal search for internal peace a happy one. So I have to say it, if we are happy and we know it, Poppy, let's clap our hands. Thank you very much for, uh, for joining, me on, uh, joining me on Change Makers. We'll see you next time. <laughs>